Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In the age of online retail, buying a car should be no different. That's why Carvana invented a brand new way to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made a purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door. Or you can pick it up from one of their coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy ensuring you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check out the nation's fastest-growing auto retailer at Carvana.com. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Witching Hour. I am Perry Nemroff. That's Haley Fouch. And you know what, Haley? I could use a little Witching Hour to take my mind off of everything else happening right now. Me too. Yeah. I'm excited. I have a question, though. What? What does it say about me that I'm slightly into the idea of watching Contagion right now? Like, am I just trying to, like, ruin my life? (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> I actually tried the other day, but it wasn't streaming anywhere that I have the service. I, I like you, it just because it's full of really good advice for how not to get sick. I thought you were going to tell me that there was just like something wrong with me for even wanting no to do that. Okay, I think it's very well, practical. Yeah, I was like a little a little tempted. I mean, but yeah, this is all maybe keeping like me awake at night. <laughs> yeah, it'll do that. Yeah. Uh, especially because we travel a lot, which is alarming you know i will i'll give the uh the chicago mccormick place convention center a lot of credit because you know i was in c2e2 uh yeah. last week there were hand sanitizing stations like every That's every great. direction you turned in if you did like a 360 i bet you anything you could probably see at least three at a time it was very impressive. i'm happy that. to hear that and yeah. you know i'm my biggest problem is touching my face which is a very bad habit and i know i'm always moving hairs out of my face so without thinking about it and now i need to my nose but um i'm trying to train myself to do that less because i do i i'm like really good at doing the full intense wash your hands but then yeah you go touch one thing and you touch your face and boom contagion. my hands are like legit you, you even wrote moisturizer to me the other day <laughs> yeah. my hands are legit cracking from how much i've washed like them moisturize after every time you wash and i am every doing time. that and they're still dry as heck yes my, mine are so dry right now but i guess that's for the better at, at this point yeah take dry hands over you know whatever. all right yeah yeah that's probably uh that's probably the smart especially while there. traveling yeah there's so so much traveling. So much traveling. So foolish. More traveling coming up. I know. I don't so know. Foolish. If it if it happens, we'll see. I hope everyone out there is is being safe and mindful about all this. Though, <laughs> we do. all want you guys to be healthy, and we're going to entertain you with lots of horror yeah. talk right now. <laughs> we, we talk about horror, but that was just a quick conversation about how we're terrified. <laughs> I will say one thing: we're talking about later today was so like drilled into my mind last night that I completely forgot about the coronavirus for a little while. But just to give uh-huh. you a little rundown of what we're talking about today. 
We're going to cover some Invisible Man. Specifically, we're going to talk about how it did at the box office, uh, the resulting deal that Lee Winnell just lined up yeah. for himself. And then we're going to give you a spoiler-filled review of the Netflix series, I Am Not Okay With This. That's the rundown. We're saving saving the uh, spoiler content for the very end of the episode, so don't be worried that spoilers could come up during the episode because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All right. You want to jump into Invisible Man stuffs? I Of course I do. So Invisible Man hit theaters last weekend, yes. and it made a grand total of $28.2 million. That is a nice chunk of change right sure there, especially is. because... What was the reported production budget on this one? Seven, Seven. million dollars. Yeah. Typical, uh, you know, Blumhouse style. Actually, a little over for them. That's in the higher range. They tend to cap it's at true. five. Except, what was uh, Fantasy Island? Wasn't that closer to like 13 or something? Oops. I think that was. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> That's the perfect <laughs> response to it. Uh, I, for one, am very happy to see this movie do that well. Is this what you expected? Uh, yeah, because it was. Getting really good word of mouth. Uh, people really, this is about the same amount of people that show up every time they try to do a monster movie. And horror hasn't really been hitting it so far mm-hmm. this year. So I think horror fans would be excited to finally have one where the reviews were like, yes, it's good. Go see it. So I, I, I'm not super surprised. I'm super happy to see it, though, because you never yeah. know if it's going to go the other I way. I know. I was, so, I was so thrilled that it made this amount of money. When you say... Um, this is the crowd that usually shows up for a monster movie. Are you also grouping in things that aren't, you know, straightforward horror? No, I was talking about, like, um, The Wolfman, Dracula and Told the Mummy, all pulled about 30-ish. And all three of those movies, I believe, had much, 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 much bigger, much, much, much bigger mm, budgets yes. than this. So it just goes to show, you know, you spend a little and you make a... you Even yeah. if you don't make an enormous amount, you're still making a profit. And also... I am a firm believer that those smaller budgets and not endless spending is part of what can inspire creativity. Totally. And, you know, Lee Wanell is the example of a director and Jason Blum is the example of a producer who could make the most of very little. And I, for one, think that should be a lesson to some of the bigger spenders out there. Absolutely. I was like for a long time going, please bring back the mid-budget movie. And they're, what they're doing is even more Roger Corman-y. It's yeah. like a tiny budget movie. But um it is very wise. It's good investing. And, you know, I would imagine, it. you know, they've talked about it a lot. It takes actors who are willing to take back-end paychecks because they ain't getting anything up front. So can I tell you something that's related but semi-unrelated? You've opened me up to TikTok. Oh, so I've been, welcome. I've been, I've been TikToking, if we can verb it. Isn't it pleasant? Um, you know what's weird? My mom's into TikTok, too. Yeah, She it, likes watching videos of talking dachshunds. <laughs> I don't know. But I was watching I was watching a video the other day and it was about uh breaking down wealth via grains of rice. So it uh-huh. shows you what uh, what $100,000 of uh, a grain if $100,000 is worth 1 grain of rice, it shows you what billionaires can have and how, you know, if you take out, you know, the amount of money that would take you to buy you a, a portion in rice that you don't even notice it's gone from yep. the big pile, but you know, I was just I was just thinking about that and i was thinking of that you know billionaire is a little different than maybe a, a superstar making a couple million on a movie yeah. but i don't know i just i keep thinking about it in it's every in, in every industry it's like do, do you really need 10 million dollars for one movie right i don't right. know i mean the billionaire thing is 
worth thinking about. It really is. Uh, but I, I feel like a, like a simple visualization like that yeah. really, and pun intended, ingrained it in ah, my mind even more. So I am like shit. the queen of puns lately. Nice. I went Here to C2E2 and I went to, you'd be proud of me. I went to a booth and I learned so much about cosplay this weekend. And one of the booths that I went to was a manufacturer of sewing machines, but they also do all these different kinds of machines that I can't repeat the terminology for. But I, I like legit sewed something for the first time and I don't even know how long but uh while I was there I'm like that process was seamless and I was all proud of myself (laughs) yes I love it more meanwhile there were probably like eye rolls all around me but it's okay I was having fun fun. (laughs) I love it you will always get a a hearty chuckle from me all right so I've got two puns that means uh you got two puns at some point in this episode to catch up to me unlikely we'll find out (laughs) you're not a punny person I'm not on command all right, all right. It'll come to you. They come naturally or they feel don't like come at all. the Swallow Review has to have some puns in there somewhere. Mercy. No? no? Maybe. Maybe. We'll, Maybe. See. we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, part two of our Invisible Man story is this Lee 1L thing, too. So I'm just going to read, I guess, a little bit from the Collider.com piece that Vinny wrote. Yeah. So... He posted the article after Invisible Man's big opening weekend. Lee Winnell signed an overall deal with Blumhouse for film and television. The two-year first-look deal will reportedly cover projects Winnell will write, direct, and or produce. And then there's a statement from Winnell. Is there anything specific here about monster movies, though? A recent uh, Bloom- Bloomberg interview with Blumhouse had Hunter Jason Blum suggests more universal monster flicks could be on the horizon, but I don't think this specifically uh, references 1L. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I didn't read that article. Yeah. I'm, I'm busted. I didn't <laughs> read it. I read a different one. Um, but I'm stoked that they have an overall deal. They mm-hmm. obviously have a great collaboration going back to Insidious and... Um, Based on the success of this, I think a lot of people are inferring there'll be more monster movies. And why wouldn't there be? Because mm-hmm. Universal's been trying to have a win on this for a decade. I just and hope, they just got one. I just hope they're, you know, they're not going the cinematic universe route. Especially yeah. if they find creators like, like Lee. Because I think Lee's the perfect example of someone we've seen thrive. Not that Invisible Man is original material, because it obviously has source material here, yeah. but I think when you detach him from a pre-existing franchise as a director, that's where he finds room to kind of like breathe and grow and really excel and make something his own. I mean, I, I, well, I don't want to say I doubt it, because people make really silly choices all the time, but it would seem unlikely that something would crash and burn as publicly as the dark universe and then they'd go let's try that again that was that was a special one it was quite something <laughs> uh just resplendent Oy. flames of destruction yeah. on a very short-lived idea so i i feel that it's unlikely that they're going to try that when this was a hit um i am very curious to see what paul feig's going to do with his monster movie mm-hmm. which is supposed to be more of a comedy and i do just I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Like, when he gets to be really feegy, like A Simple Favor or Bridesmaids, they're such special can't movies. You didn't accidentally say feigy and you said feegy. <laughs> and be more of a problem if I was spelling it. But uh, those movies are just so snappy and fun and interesting and weird and offbeat. And I, I want to see, you know, like he seems a good fit for some sort of Abbott and Costello type scenario Mm -hmm. um not that that's what he's doing but you know that kind of bringing goofiness to the monsters and i'm into it 
but it'd also probably be like really well dressed monsters. Would you want Lee going back to him to make another movie with a similar visual style? Because the action in both Upgrade and Invisible Man are quite similar because of those those motion the motion rigs that they have. Yeah, I'm into it. I think he's carving out like his distinct style, and I think that part of the reason why his directorial debut didn't quite work as well as it could have is because he had to play to Juan's style, the established house style of that franchise, and now he's carved out this new look of his own, and I'm super into it. So yeah, I want more. I would add a whole lot of other problems to the list of uh <laughs> reasons why i didn't like insidious 3 but yeah. you know still it goes sometimes i feel I, like i mean it's not i don't love it but i also don't hate it and it definitely doesn't feel like he got to fully express who he is as a filmmaker with that i have not revisited insidious 3 in a very i i've only seen it once but i do very vividly remember walking out i was in a, a huge huge insidious fan like that was one of my franchises at that point i just remember walking out of that third movie just crushed i think i'm just never as hard on that franchise as other people or Maybe. like i enjoyed two a lot when people were not into I like that two. um i enjoyed the end of one when people were not into the tone very shift. into the end of one i quite enjoyed the last one the last key last key is great yeah um i just i think i've I would say three is my least favorite as yeah. well, but I don't hate any of them. I just like I like most of them. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give three another go. Maybe there's so much to watch. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> there's so much I can't catch up on. I feel uh, like you probably are okay in your opinion on that one. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll just hold tight and stick to it. Do whatever you want. I mean, because who knows how much we're gonna have to watch in the next couple of days for Very South true. by Southwest. Very true. Um, yeah, we got a lot of prep work to do. Yeah. I'm really excited for some of the movies on that lineup, though. Yeah. You know which one I'm most excited for, right? I do. Bad Trip, right? No. Wasn't that the one you were saying? I am very excited for Bad Trip because oh, I... Oh, no. I know. We talked... You yes. know. Yeah. I am a, a prank video junkie. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I can't get enough of it. Yeah. I, I think it's... As long as no one's getting getting hurt, I think it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> and the fact that they've figured no out... you like TikTok. I feel like I... To go down the TikTok path a little <laughs> further, I feel like I'm not like fully embracing TikTok. I'm finding my lanes. I think that's the way to approach it. I guess that's how I approach Reddit. Like, all right, my Reddit is so curated; it's amazing. I just I feel bad I'm not participating in TikTok. But like, what would uh, I do? Yeah, it's like sometimes I watch those pet videos where where pets are talking, okay. and Dewey seems perfect for. But like. I don't have the editing skills to do that with Dewey's mouth. <laughs> Just use that little app. With, there's Oh, because there's the app that... Yeah. Yeah. I, it sounds like so much more work. I think it's fine. Yeah. I think it's fine. Nobody knows my TikTok handle. Nobody needs to know it. The only person that knows my TikTok handle is my uh, my little cousin. Nice. <laughs> I'm just there for the cute doggos, the cool crafts. Show me stuff. They do but, have very good explainers. Like, while I was doing my initial search, like, you know, I'm a non-dancer. I will not dance for anything. <laughs> but some of the uh, explainer videos uh -huh. where they break down the moves to, like, make something happen, I'm like, that's a really good way to teach someone. Yeah. And just, I'm very impressed by the content I like there. the platform. I'm into yeah. it. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted as I, <laughs> I dig in more <laughs> with, with Haley's guidance. Uh, Pranks. <laughs> yeah. 
do do we oh, want to? You're your real one, just so they. Oh, it's uh, yeah. Witch I was hunt, like, I'm I was assuming. going, I was going towards something. Oh, yeah. witch hunt. Yes, yes. yes. One Al of Ca- the few. Al Callahan's. Uh, and you know what's funny that I didn't even realize when I when I was uh, trying to prep the the witch hunt stuff. So, witch hunt is the second feature film. From what's what's that face for? You're making me I nervous. I was googling South by Southwest 2020. Oh no! Did a coronavirus thing come up already? Well, the number one autofill is canceled, Aye. and nothing happened. It's just it's interesting to me that that's what people are searching the most oh, is I canceled. Get I get it. I yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I I understand. I a underst- lot of things are being canceled. They, they're being sense. canceled, and I understand why they're being canceled. But you know, I mean, it's like with anything in life. When you're looking forward to something and it gets canceled, you're disappointed. So I would be disappointed, but if that's what you know the pros out there deem the best course of action, I guess so be it. So far, they've said they're not going to. But yeah, we'll see. and I know the day of this recording, they're still announcing things. So it seems. Um I don't know. Maybe I was going to say it seems like there's just so much money caught up in this thing. There is a lot of the events that are being canceled are more in-house events like Facebook's uh, big thing. I don't remember what it was called or wasn't there a Disney thing that was canceled? Yeah, I think there was Twitter. But this is like so many studios have put money into this. It just, you know, there's there's studios that have put money into it. There's there's individuals too. I mean, maybe this is someone's big trip for the year, and they they booked hotels months in right. advance. They're not going to get fully oh, reimbursed. Oh, sure, for that something. would suck. I was saying more why I think it won't be canceled. Oh yeah, yeah, because too much money's on the yeah. line. But that would be horrible. Of yeah. course, I, I, there's so but many less horrible than a epidemic. So I, know, who knows? I know, I know, I don't know. I know. There's no right answer. We're exactly. not scientists. <laughs> We're just going if it's not canceled. Certainly true. Most of my coronavirus <laughs> information comes from Howard Stern. So oh. thanks to him for that. Hey, um, that. So the the movie that I'm most excited for, though, if we do go, is the movie Witch Hunt, which comes from the director of Headcount, which many of you know I was a big fan of last year, which you could still watch on Netflix right now. But I oh, I want to remember the title of this before I say it. But uh, there's actually another headcount filmmaker oh. with his feature directorial debut. And I am trying to cover that as well. I believe it's the co-writer of Headcount. His name is Michael Nader. And his feature directorial debut is called, oh my God, he's made so many shorts, The Toll. <laughs> And the the toll is is on our list of movies to cover also. So hopefully we see both headcount filmmakers flourish at South by twenty twenty. There's not a lot of big genre this year. I think we said that before, but yeah, like, most of this played other places. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already seen Relic. I know people have seen Run Sweetheart Run, The Vigil, um, Lucky. I don't know that one yet, but I'll research. Yeah, I just there's a. There's not a like the big one, right? The big name horror. I wonder if something has hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, like maybe. I keep waiting for some sort of I don't know if it's a secret screening or a closing night type thing, like some sort of big genre title. Like yeah. when when does uh, Quiet Place Two come out? Wouldn't that be the perfect place to it come start out its run? Right after. I though. think it does. I think it's like March 18th or something. I think it's like having screenings while we're yeah. there. That'd no, be. That's, a, eh. I don't see true. that that's happening. That's true. That's fair. Um. But yeah, I'm excited either way. I like all kinds of movies. They don't have to be horror. Um, as do I'm, I. I just have my preferences. <laughs> <laughs> I like action just as much. That you do. Um, and I can I can get in on some some comedy, some comedy. You know, what's your comedy <laughs> comedy subgenre of choice? Comedy crime if, comedy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So the uh, the Lovebirds looks 
right up my alley. I think, yeah. Right up there. Um, I'm quite excited for Lovebirds. I would say my comedy subgenre. I don't know why we're talking about this. My comedy is our podcast. I know, really. Comedy subgenre of choice would probably be coming of age comedy. Like, give me a good oh, high school yeah. high school comedy, and I'm I'm along for the ride. I'm not here for it, man. You really? can have them. All right, all right. Yeah, I enjoyed Booksmart, but even things that I that are objectively really good films, yeah. like Eighth Grade and Lady Bird. I'm like, I don't care. Oh, okay. I just okay. I'm. I'm not at a point in my life where I'm into teenagers and what they have to like go through. Um, okay. unless there are like witches or something involved in it, you know, like throw an alien in there and I'll be like, Oh, that stuff's so dramatic. Oh, I like coming the idea. Of age is such a good use of storytelling. I feel like the next time we get a coming of age comedy, we should review it together and then we should have a creative episode where we put a witch filter over it yes. and see how it would change for you. Are you excited for the craft at least? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah the craft of the original is one of my all time favorite movies. Like identity defining films when yeah. I was you know right at that age where you're deciding who you are uh I love that movie so excited hesitantly just yeah no I get it based on like I don't know I feel like the last few remakes we've gotten what about Candyman what'd you think of the trailer oh I'm into it yeah me too yeah it looks good I like what they did with the hook yeah it's a cool design I like the whole feel of that trailer yeah I think it's very well done and it's very it's creepy yeah like it really is unsettling and the opening scene is a real punch. Like, it, it makes an immediate statement. It's not trying to be coy about what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to this to Donato about this a little bit last week. Oh, quick side note, and then I'll hop right back. When I had Donato on, I had, like, no sleep all week, probably five hours between, like, three days, and was not very functional. And I got my two conversations crossed and accidentally said Chris Evans is playing Seymour or in talks to play Seymour. He's not. He's in talks to play the dentist, and that's, yeah, like... Yeah. Wonderful casting. I had just been previously, like, the night before in Pittsburgh talking to someone about, like, hunky Seymours on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. And got those conversations crossed on No Sleep. But I just wanted to clarify. Good to clarify. Man, I was like, don't forget what you were going to say before you say that. Oh, I got it. There we are. Um, The Saw trailer, you know how we were talking about how much it we like whether or not it leans into Mm -hmm. being Saw. What I realized when I saw it in a theater is there's nothing in it that suggests it's a Saw movie until the very end, Mm. except little painted spirals. So I think it's really interesting that they were basically trying to sell you a cop movie with Chris Rock, and then they're like, wow, it's Saw. Because if you don't know there's a Chris Rock Saw movie coming, you wouldn't know what you're getting there. I wonder if that's the way to go about it. I mean, because we remember what happened when they tried to go, ha ha, surprise, with Blair Witch. It didn't really pan out too well. I, I, la- I did like that movie, though. I'm fine with it, yeah. but it didn't go over well. No, it didn't. No, and I just thought it was interesting that Candyman, right off the bat, is like, I'm going to say Candyman 45 I times. Know. Can you take it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like headcount. Like, I just yeah. walk around saying history over and over and over. And, like, <laughs> I was at C2E2 when I was watching the Candyman trailer, and I was just, like, whispering Candyman to everybody <laughs> on that, and they all hated me, and it's okay. That's fine. Because we all survived. You did. If only only we could have broadcast the conversation that I had with Matt Donato while I was at C2E2. You all would be very amused. Are there there three-person FaceTimes? I feel that I need to be Is there a way you can save a FaceTime? I have no I hope not. I 
I hope not, but I kind of do. <laughs> I mean, Donato's recap of that conversation was just as funny, probably, as seeing the whole thing. <laughs> I love the idea of drunkenly FaceTiming. It's not something I would ever do. You know, I'm such like a Luddite old no, lady. No, but you need your circle. It's yeah. like I would do it with Matt. I would do it with you, too. Like if I was ever walking home alone. Yeah. Oh, were you walking alone? I was. I, like I was. That. Yeah. That's like a good idea. Maybe I, I left, should do that. I left one. So the way the, the convention center in Chicago works is... It's the convention center, and it's connected via SkyBridge to a whole bunch of hotels there. So it doesn't matter what hotel you stay at. You could stay indoors and walk from place to place. So it's like had drinks at the Marriott and had to get back to the Hyatt or Hilton. Hilton. H's. See? It's a problem. <laughs> had, to go back, had to go back to the Hilton, and I had to go back by myself. So Donato yeah. FaceTimed with me the whole time. That makes, that makes sense. That's another, like, that's one of the few reasons I understand that you to find my friends is situations like that. Yeah. Um, I just like with my core friend group, we'll just, we're old. We'll just talk on the phone for a few hours, you know, get get a bottle of wine and lean in. Um, we don't really FaceTime, though. I don't think any of us wants to look at our own face. To be fair, I think that's the first time I ever did that. <laughs> and if you saw any of the pictures from it, it wasn't really <laughs> my face, apparently. I was just like sticking my hand under all the hand sanitizer yes. things and showing him as I did that. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No, I journey. like the idea of it. I've just never done it. Just watch watch your ass next Saturday. You're I am going to get like drunk and Haley FaceTimes now. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Actually, we're going to be, we're hopefully going to be together. Oh, right, so, right. So we won't, we won't even need to. We'll just be doing it side by side. Who will we call? Nobody. We'll just Let's be like fun. this This of of lost people navigating the streets of Austin. <laughs> if anybody finds us, tell someone. As long as we're not alone. <laughs> I've showed you my uh, my very first uh, short from film school, right? Yes. Okay. That's it's like I'm, I'm like connecting the dots between my enjoyment of, of what happened this weekend and that right now, and it's it's delightful. Yes. Um, should we move on to our review? Yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> we like haven't seen each other in a long time, so this is just us catching up at this point, this and I'm what, into it. Yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when you sit sit us down in this room. All right. So we're going to review the movie Swallow right now. Oh, I just mood like shift. I can't even intro it without like this so sick grin on my face. Um, I am going to avoid spoiling anything by reading the. Uh, the IMDb synopsis. I feel like that's the safest bet here. So, Hunter, a newly pregnant housewife, finds herself increasingly compelled to consume dangerous objects. As her husband and his family tighten their control over her life, she must confront the dark secret behind her new obsession. Perfect. Haley, uh, this movie. I know. I was, I was losing it. Losing it last night. <laughs> Grandma was asleep by nine last night, so oh. I woke up to your text message and had a wonderful laugh. And it's like, I wanted to text you that so early in the movie, and then I kept <laughs> saying, am I doing this too early? Like, something's going to happen, and it's going to ruin this movie, and then I'm going to feel like an idiot for texting you that. But then the tack thing happened, and I'm just like, nope, yeah, texting her right now. It's, uh, this is something else. Quite a watch. She's so good. She's fantastic. Haley Bennett is incredible. She's one of those actresses I always thought should have had a better career than yeah. she got. And I, it's just like one of those ones where it just never seemed to break her way because she's perfect movie star face, right? Like mm -hmm. she's had sort of the right opportunities, but not a role like this that really showed her off. So maybe this will make something happen. And it's happen. also like, uh, like it feels like she has a very, I, I would say like a very good mixture of big budget and independent films on her resume and some of the independent ones have popped but never enough to make her a household name 
like I thought she was great in Kaboom. I covered Deep Powder at Tribeca one year. She's excellent in that. She's in Hardcore Henry, which you know mm. I'm like endlessly fascinated by that movie. But then you also have the bigger titles on her resume, like Girl on a Train, Magnificent Seven. Those are all seemingly great gets that just oh, like- didn't pan out for her. And it, it's just unfortunate because... She's proven herself time and time again. She is insanely talented and should be in more movies. I agree. I mean, we just listed like a bunch of movies that she's in, but like she's never the lead, right? She's yeah. always like a supporting or even, I don't know, I'm thinking of music and lyrics where she's not even mm. supporting. She's like a funny side character. She's yeah. doing Anna Ferris and Just Friends, you know, goofy. Um, but I. I like her, and I hope that this, because this is 100% a leading carry the film oh my God, all yeah. on you performance. I think she's she in almost every frame of this. I think you're right. Yeah. And um, what, it doesn't, I, I tell you as you listen, my friends, it doesn't sound as intense as it is when it's like compelled to consume unhealthy objects. Yeah, that's like turns out to be some very gnarly body horror in, in the it's not even gory. It's just the mental effect of it mm-hmm. is so intense. It's got that like, no, no, no yeah. effect on you. Like there's this one scene in particular, and this is exactly when I texted you. And I also think it's not even just the idea of someone consuming objects that are, you know, not food. <laughs> but um, it's also the way that it's shot. So there's yes. this one scene that is very slowly zooming in on an object that you know she's going to consume. And as that slow zoom is happening, you're like, no, don't do it. Don't you dare. But then all of a sudden, at the worst possible moment for a viewer, it cuts to a handheld shot on her going to it. And and you just, like, lose your mind. And that is exactly what I texted Joe. I was – you perfectly transitioned because I was like, we talked a lot about Haley Bennett, but Carlo Mirabella Davis, who wrote and directed it, just – shot the hell out yes. of this thing and not just yes you're right the the use of handheld versus you know still frame cameras but all the use of color uh, extreme close-ups um it's just slow zooms when you're like no <laughs> i can't believe this is a well minus a documentary it appears that it's a uh oh the swell season i know that movie um a feature directorial debut yeah. i mean it's, it's just because, like, I think the whole movie exudes confidence yes. as as an actor's director, just visually, everything about this. And, I mean, down to the score also. Because uh, I love how, like, now I'm looking at the uh, the swell season. But um, there's points in the movie where the score so distinctly swells mm. and gets louder. And it's – I think it enhances it, but it also puts you on edge further because – there were so many moments where it was it was building in a certain way, but I didn't quite know what to make of it because it, it's a very frustrating thing to watch a character do something that's so self-destructive but also very clearly brings her, her joy and yeah. happiness and have the movie be able to tap into both things at the same time. It messes with your head. It's. I think it's – I'm so glad you liked it. I really wasn't sure, um, and I'm so happy because I really – I thought it was – it's like one of those movies where the trade-off is that because I think it has a really fulfilling focus on the character arc, it does lose the sort of horror element as it goes on and becomes more of a drama mm-hmm. a little bit. But I'm totally okay with that. Uh, it justifies the horror stuff, yeah. though. And I prefer that. I, I think it's, uh, you know, the ending, I think, to something like that 
is so important to mm-hmm. a film. I would say this makes an interesting double feature with um, The Invisible Man in some ways. She's not being like objectively abused in that way, but it is about control. You read my mind. Yeah, and I think I prefer the way this, this ending handles um, a story to your, to your own empowerment yeah. more than I The Invisible Man. Both of them are very strong thematically. Totally. But Invisible Man spirals out of control as far as logic goes in the end. So Even much. The, I mean, so much. But I still think that the points they're trying to make with that yeah. ending are worth at least trying. But here, I think they firmly stick the landing. And it, it's I one of those agree. situations where when you know where it does end up, it's a very interesting thing to know what the truth is behind all of this and to be able to go back and watch the whole thing through again. Like, I'm curious to just watch her behavior evolve knowing where it all started. Yeah, such a performance, man. Mm-hmm. So much to take in. It's so specific. Especially in those early frames where okay. you're, you're not sure what you're getting into. And I can't imagine shooting a movie like this out of sequence. I wonder if they did. Uh, I mean, I guess. I, I bet they probably did just because it yeah. seems really indie and you got to oh get what God. you can get on the day and it's mostly shot in one space. Mm-hmm. But um, the emotional journey would be something to track. Um. Yeah, big big thumbs up for me. I'm, and it's an IFC Midnight title, right? Correct. They are so regularly coming out with cool. They really hidden are. Gems. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to look up very quickly when and where you can watch Swallow. And of I course, believe, is, does it come out this weekend? Oh, I was like, it does. It does. Emails. I know. Literally, all the emails that I'm bringing up are are invites with no, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> No screening information. Well, and of release course, information. I do not have my email. Oh wait, I think I, right I think now. I have one here. I think I have the winner here. Oh, oh. Opens in select theaters and digital and VOD nice. on March sixth. So you can watch it this week. Please watch it. Please watch it and tweet at us because oh god, I could talk about this movie. And uh, if you guys are in New York or LA and are interested in seeing it, it looks like the theaters that are playing it are the IFC Center in New York and the Lemley Monica Film Center in Santa. Monica. Sweet. Um, Highly recommended. Yeah, it's it's a good one. It, I would say it works just as well at home. It's not one of those ones that, you know, like, God, I wish I saw that on a big screen. No, yeah. But it's, it's, it's worth seeing in a theater, too, because it's very immersive, and it will have you clutching your stomach and like, no. I also have to give a little credit to, to Austin Stoll, who I feel a little bad for, mm. too, just because I just saw him in Fantasy Island and... You know, I, I thought he was pretty good for what he had to do in Fantasy Island. And I keep seeing him in things, and I do think he's he's very good, but he also might be suffering from the, uh, you know, breakout potential, but without getting the right roles in the right films. Man, I liked him in Colossal. I didn't even realize that was Yeah, him. I liked him a lot in Colossal, and also I thought he had a great presence in Battle of the Sexes without yeah. being a, a lead character. He did. I thought he was wonderful in that. And All right, good for him, because yeah. for having, like, a... a I didn't recognize him from those two roles, and uh, not that you know they're the biggest roles in the world, but I've probably seen Colossal like four times. I like Colossal and he quite is a bit. So unlikable and Swallow. Yeah. Oh my god. He uh, he is another one that messes with your head a little yeah. though. He does. Oh, He's yeah. got his moments. Oh, um, I'm also really exciting excited to watch his uh, episode of Amazing Stories too. Nice. Yeah. I can't that's, wait for that. Oh man, that's coming up so soon. I think. Yeah. Like I'm. I might have a screener of it or something. Too. I yeah. think I have the first one. Yeah, I yeah. think I do too. You should probably watch that. You want to watch that and talk <laughs> yeah. about it? Yeah. <laughs> what a good idea. We're playing hey. right on the spot. I have to make plans in advance. <laughs> All right. 
Do we want to talk about anything else before we move into I am not okay with this? Because then I'll put up the big big uh, spoiler warning and I don't know what's I don't think so. We'll dive anything in. Anything else really catch your eye in the horror news realm this week? Um I mean not not really. Honestly, it's all been about Invisible Man pretty much. That I seems to be the thing. When's the last time you saw the original Invisible Man? Oh my god, I have not watched it in forever. Because you what were you you were watching the Invisible Woman, right? I was watching all of them. Yeah. As many as I could. I didn't okay. make it all the way through the um I got up to the one after the Invisible Agent and then I had to leave. But um yeah, the Invisible Woman is hilarious mm-hmm. because out of nowhere it turns into like a screwball sex comedy, which the franchise never was before. But they're like, It's a woman, make it sexy. Um, all the invisible gags are like her putting on her stockings and the whole mystery is like, will he be attracted to her when she's not invisible? Oh boy. <laughs> um, but that aside, yeah, <laughs> it was, I'm glad I, I saw it. I'd never seen it before and it, it did have some charming moments, although, um, someone walked in and was like, God, they talk loud and they really do talk so loud in screwball comedies. Yeah. It's just the delivery of the lines is so aggressively volumized. But um, the original, original man Mm -hmm. still absolutely slaps. I hadn't seen it since high school. I don't think I ever gave it the credit it deserved. Where'd you watch it? I just saw it, like, at home. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have a wonderful box set that is all the... Classic Universal Monsters. It's the best. I wonder if that's something that's available on Shutter. And it's like I can't even do my handy thing of of typing in where to watch The Invisible Man because all that's coming up are, uh, you know, uh, theater options for this one. But I feel like Shutter once had a had a Universal Monster movie thing. Well, I can loan you my box set if you want. Please do. I wouldn't mind watching it. But it is so good. I totally never gave it credit my whole life. I don't know. I was a teenager. I probably thought it was boring or something, but it's not boring. It's super creepy. Um, the The design of the mask, like the, the taped face, mm-hmm. is so tragic Muppet. It really works. It still works. Everything, I was so impressed by it. I can't believe that my whole life I went around thinking like, that's probably my least favorite of the yeah. monsters. No, it's awesome. I could at least uh, rent it on uh... Oh wait, it might be on Netflix. Is it? I think it might be on Netflix. Oh no, I'm like slowly. Oh no, sadly no. The Invisible Man is not on Netflix. Yeah. No, The Invisible Man was. Just... It's probably like legit. A, legit an article like set like in a sentence saying where and traffic. Where it's, it's it's available to rent. Yeah, on, uh, I would imagine Amazon so. Prime. That always tends to happen when a new movie comes out. If it was streaming, it comes off streaming because they want to make money. I was right. This article d- did say whenever it was published, uh, good news for subscribers of Shutter, a horror ah. streaming service, The Invisible Man. But I just searched on Shutter and I didn't see it there. Well, it's probably again they probably took it off streaming because they want people to pay to rent it now that it's in the conversation. I guess so. I guess so. Happens oh, well. a lot. Well, I'll pay, I'll pay for it. I'll pay it's for it's it. worth it. I really, really, I can't recommend that you or anyone listening goes back and revisits if they've kind of um discounted it and if you haven't then you're smarter than me i rewatched a bunch of the original monster movies when the wolfman came out nice. which is is a while ago at this point so i'm i'm due for a rewatch I, there, I need to go into all those dvd sets and watch all of them because they have every single one through every single universal yeah. franchise and you know i just go back to the same ones over and over again like i've seen creature from the black lagoon yeah 
40 it's like million the times. story of my life. And I, I really need to get in there and revisit, like this one, the ones I haven't seen since I went through my first phase of watching them in high school. I forgot what I was just watching or listening, or maybe it was during an interview, but it was someone saying that they don't understand when people want to rewatch movies. Like, you know what's oh. going to happen. And I, like, my brain just like, I melted down. I, I can't compute that. I feel like I was just talking to someone who was saying this. To yeah. Me. Like, oh, I feel like I watched our something. So good. Like, I watched something yeah. where it happened. I, I think a lot of people feel, oh, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> We're awesome. It was both of us talking to Brendan, I believe. Was it? He was was like, it him that when said he that? was young, he didn't. He didn't rewatch? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It was him. Yeah. Yeah. I was like having a little moment while he was explaining that. I know. I love to rewatch. But so do I. You know, we're like both of us, we've brought, rewatched two of the same movies our whole lives. So we would feel that way. Yeah. Like, I think between us, probably we could fund a small nation on Jurassic Park and Scream yeah. watches. No, it's very possible. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can. You can take big trouble in Little China from my cold yes. dead hands. Yes, and gross point blank. I just rewatched Stand by Me, and it ah. never gets old. I need to give that one a rewatch. I genuinely Ooh. haven't seen it since I was like I, fourteen. I'm very, you know, uh, one of my dogs is named after the character yeah. in Stand by Me. I'm very attached to that movie, and having been at C two E two and seeing a whole bunch of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas cosplay, <laughs> it's like why not watch that again? Yeah, so that's on the list again. Always, that's always a good one. It is. All right. Spoiler time? Right. Oh, do we have to go back to work? Can't we just do this today? <laughs> no, I mean, at least it's a fun one to talk about. Yeah. Fun? No, no, no. I mean, can't we just stay oh, in just this stay room here? all day? Not like, oh, do we have to talk oh, about this show? I wish we could just stay I know. in this room This is the day. fact that we're getting to our last topic. I mean, I'm like, to be fair, when we leave here, I'm leaving to go to a screening oh, that I'm like kind of yeah. curious about, but well, we'll see. We'll I'm going to vote. Oh, yeah. Got that going for me. Absentee ballot for me. Smart. Say yes and no. We we can go into that discussion <laughs> on another day. Um, all right. I am not okay with this. Season one is out on Netflix, and right now we are going deep on the spoilers. So Spoiler alert. it is time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Witching Hour if you are not caught up with season one of the show. So right now I am putting up the spoiler alert, and it's not coming down until we sign off. So goodbye to all of you who haven't seen all seven episodes of the show. Let's do it. I am not okay with this. What do you think? I liked it quite a bit. Yep. I liked it quite a bit. I think I like it more than most. What did you think? I'm, like, good with it. Yeah. I'm not here for it. I'm not against it. I'm Where just was it lacking it. for you? A lot of the story, I kind of think I texted you this. Or a little maybe, bit, yeah. A lot of the storytelling felt a little outdated to me. And and you kind of put, put out there that maybe it's set in a different time. Um. I just, like, I don't feel, and what do I know about today's kids? But from what I see of them online, that's not really how they act anymore. I almost like, liked the classic feel to really? it, though. Like, it felt, t- <laughs> it, it did feel timeless to me. Mm. It's like, even though I could maybe notice that there weren't, you know, like, there's not cell phones floating around everywhere and the Rubik's Cube and, and <laughs> the vinyl and all that, it gives it a, a, a dated touch, I guess, but... That's know, something that 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 creator does intentionally. Like he did it with the music and fashion in the end of the fucking I need world. To watch that. Yeah, I'll be curious if you would like that. Is one's it, a meaner show. Is it thirty minute episodes? Yes. All right, I'll probably will. How many seasons? Dose, and All I right. think there are eight episodes long, maybe six. Pretty, I, it's a quick, 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 quick. After watch. after South by, I will. I'll burn through that. Um. 
Yeah, I get what you're um, saying. I do like the timeless element. It's just more like the the way they acted. I just felt, I don't know, it didn't connect for me. It felt out of time, not out of time in a good way, but like in a sense of I feel like maybe we've moved past a lot of the things that were being harped upon. It's playing with a lot of, uh, you know, genre cliches too. I mean, that one episode in the gymnasium was very clearly a spin on uh, The Breakfast Club. Right, and that was something I feel like maybe the the superpowers and being closeted is like a little overdone. Like the X Men kind of killed that for everyone, <laughs> but um, it's I like it. I'm just not in love with it, and maybe also um, we talked about this a little bit, but like definitely, and I relate to her. But that lead character is rough to be around sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just not someone you want to spend your time with a lot, or I do. I think that's what made the ending so powerful and not like a gotcha moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think that is such a punch-to-the-gut kind of ending for obvious visual reasons. But the reason it meant so much is because... Like, Sid is such a drag for six episodes, six, seven episodes. And then all of a sudden she has that breakthrough moment where, you know, she feels that, like, uh, that whole boost in confidence. She's going to turn things around and it's going to be great. And then everything just, like, buries her again. It's like that, I don't know, it's that feeling that, and, like, it's not even just a kid thing. Even when adults, like, when it rains, it pours. Everything's always going to get you down at the worst (laughs) possible time and just pile one on top Of of each other. And that was just such a... Like a nice, a nice contained moment of it where it felt so explosive to the viewer watching her struggle through it. See what uh, I did there? Yeah. You know how many times I said explosive in all of my write-ups? <laughs> oh my god! I think I said um, so I did an interview with uh, Richard Ellis and Sophia Bryant, who play uh, who play uh, Dina and Brad, and the the headline of it is something like they talk about the mind blowing ending. Yeah. Oh, I am not okay with this. <laughs> you are on a roll. These trying, days. trying, I love it. trying to have some fun. Um, yes. So I don't think you're wrong. I, I yeah, that totally makes the ending hit harder. I, I, the parallel I would draw is like it reminded me of Holden Caulfield when I try to read that book and I'm just like I I can't stand you please wait what book shut up that's where I'm having a dumb moment and can't remember for the life of me the most obvious title of any novel ever Catcher in the Rye for oh. God's sake <laughs> you know I've never read it <laughs> That was like just talk until it comes. Just talk. I hate uh, admitting this, but that was a Sparks Note read for me. Fair enough. I did not enjoy it when I was in high school. I did not enjoy it when I tried to read it again later. Well, it has one of those characters that's a teenager that you're just like, I get it. You are a teenager. All right. Things are hard for you. Um, in the way that uh, she is kind of like yeah, always yeah. focused on how hard everything that's is. That's why I liked the brother a lot and I like yeah. Stanley Barber a lot because they were yeah, good balances great. I think all I think part of the reason why Sid worked for me is because of the ensemble around her and also because of Sophia Lillis's performance mm-hmm. I think there there is one of the you know that quality to her where no matter what she's doing you're immediately drawn in and you kind of feel like you're in her shoes she's got the thing she's got the yeah whatever the thing yeah. is 
It's like this just shine, like this very natural, like sensitivity to her. She does. No, I thought they were all great. I particularly loved seeing Wyatt Olaf as Stanley. Oh, he's so good. Have we got a chance to really see him play something like that? I mean, I don't know. I'm a little too old to know his whole resume, but yeah, I don't think so. I really know him from it and nothing else i guess young peter quill but that doesn't really count i know i think Um, but i don't even think there is much on his resume beyond that well he was just he was great he totally like you know he he broke my heart in it especially it chapter one really well and did exactly what he was supposed to do but this was such a fun different stanley for him to play. i'm looking i'm looking forward to seeing more from him i really do find it funny that he's played two very important stands now and i also do think it's a case where the fact that him and sophia lillis are friends in real life came through big time i mean they just have such a good on-camera chemistry together it works so well it felt so natural and it's like even with what Sid's going through, there's something about their friendship that's so kind of like intoxicating and charming. I think when I reviewed it, I, I called Stanley her safety blanket. And yeah, that became a really like warm, comforting thing to me as a viewer. I did appreciate a lot that like when she basically gets to the point where she turns him down, it's like a little beef, but they're still friends. yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Let's skip that that requisite plot point. It also speaks to the strength of the ensemble here that you're able to both, you know, like understand her and f- yeah. and and feel good for her taking that stand and making that decision but also feel the heartbreak for him. Mm-hmm. I, there's there's like a an interesting oh, yeah. an interesting thoughtful conflict going on there. Well, it's that I feel like it's the the Oh gosh, why is my brain so bad? Robin and Steve yeah, situation no. where you're like, I "Oh, I wish you would, but that's not yeah, reality." Exactly. And she's got to live her truth. Yeah. Um and I, I there is, you know, they're just such good friends and such great chemistry that mm-hmm. it uh yeah, you do feel for both of them totally. Yeah, I thought that I think that played very well. I think that making you invest enough to go have that, "Oh, I wish that could be thought" is part of like what it takes to make your heart break mm-hmm. for the guy, right? Yeah. Or for whoever's the person who's not going to get what they want in that yeah. scenario. It's also just like an extra reminder that, you know, everybody's truth is different too. Yeah, exactly. But, and, you know, whether whether you're rooting for one or the other, whatever their truths are has great value, and it's well, just a reminder of that. I like the way you just said that because it's like you're rooting for both of them, but most importantly, they're rooting for each other, yeah. and that's what really makes that it is work. A very beautiful way to put it, and I think the same same. Oh, I mean, this actually goes into the relationship stuff. I think the same is true for Sid and Dina. Yeah, this is where I think Sophia Bryant excelled, and. I think I said this to her when I tried to like formulate a, a you know a jumbled up question about <laughs> this, but I found it really interesting that I made certain assumptions about that character the second the kiss happened, mm-hmm. and then to watch her so slowly transition and like her thought process change because I really couldn't believe when we ended up where we did with her. Yeah, I just oh, like you know what I, I will give the show credit for that. That felt modern. Yeah, that did just. It, it felt so like, like delicate. There's a word that I'm looking for right now. No, but that I'm like not it. thinking of. I like the vibe. Yeah, so do I. Um, and you're right because it is so often leaning into those sort of like '80s teen comedy tropes, mm-hmm. like in the gymnasium and yeah. things like that. 
um, that you definitely have this idea of what like the pretty popular girl is going to act like and who she's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I that is I, I I take back I walk back a little bit of my this is kind of outdated criticism. The biggest thing about that was like the big bully being all but gay. And that was like, all right, like that's that was, I think, my biggest criticism of season one, because I do also think that our Richard Ellis was very good in that role. Yeah, I think totally. he did exactly what he needed to do. And the, the key to that character is how he serves Sid's arc through the entire thing. And they they ticked that box quite well with him. Yeah. But I wanted more of his decision to do that. That's quite a choice. Because. It makes it a little difficult to read that scene of them on the bleachers where he has that, like, let's just, like, be okay. But then all of a sudden he's not okay, you know? It is a very sudden It's like, you know, like, deep down you know he's kind – you're almost sure he's trying to just manipulate well, her sure. and get what he wants. But there was a I moment – I think you're, you're – you trust people more. Maybe. I don't think there's any part of me that didn't think he was trying to manipulate her. I mean, there wasn't really any part of me that did, but it just it felt like a very jarring shift. And I guess maybe it is also me just being trusting. No, I think but someone, that's a lovely quality in you is that you look things. for the good things in people. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, dump them. I guess. Like, I guess. You know, it just seems like such a big leap to me for someone to like steal someone's diary and blurt something like that out. Like, I want to yeah. know what like what shaped him to be the kind of person that would do that. It is a leap. It goes from antagonist to sh- Straight up 80s bully, like straight yeah. up Stephen King in the 80s exactly. on cocaine bully. Yeah, like, which it's fit, a leap. Works well with that last episode that feels <laughs> totally, totally like Carrie. Uh, yeah, I did. So, what do you, do you think she really did that, or do you think there's there's, there's somebody else afoot? I've I've thought about a lot of things. I think because remind me, what exactly does he get out? Like, does he say before it happens? I can't remember what the last straw was, but he does get out. She was kissing my girlfriend. So, but he, he never gets into anything specifically that she writes about her power. Oh, that's right. Correct. That's what never. So what I was thinking is maybe that shadowy figure is someone with similar abilities that want to keep the, the abilities under wraps. So that person exploded his head before he could read further. That's my guess. I'm also guessing this has to do with her father's suicide. We don't know if he had like a shot in the head situation, but if he did, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Um, that's my theory. That's, Having never that's a possibility read too. the source material. I mean, is there any reason for us to believe that maybe the father's not even dead? Oh, sure. That's also yeah. totally, but maybe he's a yeah. shadow figure. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, I would think that he probably is because they've, like the mom found the body, right? Yeah, there was yeah. there was something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm not I, just because it's such a leap from. No, actually, it's not a leap. I take it back. She blew down all those trees. She definitely has extreme powers she's, when yeah. she's freaking out. When I was talking to uh, to Sophia and Wyatt, I asked them to like label her power because ah. I mean, is it just telekinesis or is it something a little more? But you know. Like he he put out there that it is you know technically whatever you got to do to make something happen in someone's mind it is kind of telekinetic abilities to move things around yeah. for them to expand in that capacity. I love how I'm like analyzing this right now, but <laughs> I, I do I do wonder. I like I like putting uh, putting like logical labels yeah. on those and like sorting them into files, and <laughs> so I just want to know what. How exactly do you identify as a super-powered person? Yeah. Well, I, um, I asked them that, and uh, the other two gave me wonderful behind-the-scenes details about pulling off that stunt at the end with oh, the head cool. exploding. It's 
it's a fascinating process. That's one heck of a scene. And a cool thing to look at in that scene, too, is what everybody immediately does after his head explodes. Uh-huh. And the thing that really got me is how Dina gets closer to him. I know. She runs right towards him, right? I found that it's fascinating. What a choice. Yeah. I, I like it. I mean, it's good. I, the ending probably is both what sold me the most and frustrated me the most mm-hmm. because it's, like, for me, it's a rude cliffhanger almost um, in the sense that I don't, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I haven't thought it through enough, but I don't feel that that moment, like, completes a story, right? It's it's just completely designed to make you hooked on what happens next. Um, and that I find a little bit frustrating. But... Also, the stuff in the gym is what kind of totally sold me on the show. I think I think that six episodes feel like a complete story to me, or six and a half episodes. Like, the fact that we get to this point where Sid's feeling more confident in herself, I feel like that was, like, the beginning chapter of her story. Yes, but then isn't that all undone it's by essen- what happens? Essentially, but yeah. I mean, so it goes, I guess, when you're designing a series <laughs> that is intended to have multiple seasons, even though season two hasn't even been greenlit. Yeah, see, that's which what seems, I don't like because which is Netflix is known to cancel on cliffhangers. I know, so I know. that's probably why I was so, like, quote unquote, triggered by that is because, like, well, I'm not okay and I haven't been okay since Santa Carita Diet or the OA. So just end your shows if you're on Netflix, please. A very, a very fair criticism, actually, because it would be very unfortunate, especially, you know, I, like, really, I think I enjoyed the, the show a little more than you did. But yeah. for someone who really, really liked this, it would be an upsetting scenario to then rewatch something that you you once enjoyed and it to be less valuable because you didn't get a second season. Right. Like, I know that's the nature of television and I can whine about that all I want, but I, I wouldn't want that to happen here. But I think there's a way to do it respectfully wherein you open possibilities for a new season. But if that's the end, then it's a satisfying. Yeah. End. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. Do you think this is not going to get a second? Oh, I think it will. It seems to be successful. Yeah. But it's never a guarantee unless you never it's a know. guarantee. I know. So write your show for the audience, right? And I would hope that they would get this thing going as soon as possible because as we learned from It to It Chapter <laughs> 2, these kids are growing. I think they've hit their spurts already, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, but still, you still yeah, do grow do a lot change. from you like, what change. is it, like 16 to... to 18? You do, but it's not going to be that like hilarious difference. They're not going to have to do the, the effects on their won't. on their faces yeah. or, or anything like that. Well, I hope we get another season. I feel it seems likely, and they also clearly like this uh, Jonathan Entwistle fellow, who, yeah. who was yeah. such a sensation for them with um, the end of the fucking world. Yeah, um, that was a fun junket to cover. the The YA stuff, I enjoyed that quite a bit. The end of the fucking world is a perfect example of a cliffhanger that does not change the fact that the story is complete no matter what happened okay while i do like the second season it was never needed it's a super mature second season that deals with the fallout from the cliffhanger in a really thoughtful way and i really like the first season is all about like young dumb love and Mm -hmm. the second season is like oh now i'm an adult all right here's a question for you Let's say we go to Austin next week, yeah. and I have the opportunity to download something on my iPad. Mm-hmm. Should it be the end of the fucking world, or should it be The Witcher? Which am I prioritizing oh, here? Oh, rough stuff. Because I, 
you would not believe how much Witcher cosplay yeah. I was like face to face with. I would believe it. And it's can I you probably have more of an appreciation for this than I ever had. Yeah. Cosplay is incredible. I mean just like my oh, my mind God. blowingly incredible. So I have I've always like gone to cons and admired it from from afar or like maybe taken a picture with a character I really like, but seeing just like the detail that goes into something and all the time, the money, everything. Because, like, we were we were at, I think they, they call it the, uh, like, the crown champions of cosplay where the winners from all the, the global uh, cons come together wow. and compete. I, I, I have no words for the <laughs> artistry that I saw over the week, and it's incredible. But a lot of those things were from The Witcher. Oh, I don't yeah. doubt it. So here's what I'll say to your initial question. Well, and I super don't doubt it because the Witcher looks fun as heck to cosplay. Like if I did that, I'd want to wear those. Which costumes. character would you cosplay as? Because now I know them through cosplay. Oh man, I don't know. I just want to wear fancy dresses. Okay, any of the fancy dresses. All right, anything I would never wear in normal life. I mean, that's yeah, it's kind of what cosplay's about. Yeah, and I would never wear like a flowing gown. So probably, you know. Yeah, any of the lead women because okay. the game made them all wear really fancy shit. Um, I would say download The Witcher if you want to have like fun, fantasy, goofy, like almost Hercules Xena type vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, just it's a little more serious than that, but it definitely gets real wonky and like silly. Okay. Um, whereas The End of the Fucking World is like short, tight narrative that's kind of funny, kind of heartbreaking. Um, really that it's, it's like taking a shot versus like having a fruity drink. I might, I might veer towards the shot right now. Well, I was going to say it's not a very long flight too. So that might be in that's favor. All right. Maybe I'll do the shot then. Yeah. (laughs) Until I get back to, to Wi-Fi when we can burn through more, more South by material. Because there's a lot to watch. There's so much. <laughs> so much to watch. So much good stuff, though. Yes, I'm excited. Anything else about I'm not okay with this before we say goodbye? I don't think so. I feel like we hit the goodbye. Oh, I guess I will say I really, we talked about the character, but I also thought that Sophia Bryant as Dina was really just lovely in the role. and mm-hmm. um, Also has whatever the thing is. Yeah, just yeah. like a radiant Absolutely. human that you want to watch. I also really liked Kathleen Rose Perkins as Sid's mom. I really liked that one scene. I liked that one scene they had together. That Mm -hmm. was another bit that I wish I had a little more of, their relationship and just the rift that was forming between the two of them. But then they have that one scene in the basement towards the end, and I thought that was really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I liked the brother, too, but I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. He was great. Um, Aiden. Aiden, you're great. Oh, that name? No. Yeah. No, I know. I know. (laughs) And I feel really bad because someone on my channel uh, gave me the the phonetic pronunciation of at least the first half of his name, and I've I've forgotten it already. I'll I'll massacre that. I can't even say my own Think there's any chances that Aiden has abilities? Sure. It's always a possibility. I mean, I guess it depends on what the show wants to become, if if it's about really staying focused on her and mm-hmm. it's six up or how many episodes eight seven seven <laughs> isn't that an interesting number yeah i don't know why my brain is automatically processing all netflix series is like six eight or 13 yeah right? yeah that's i guess there's right. some there's, tenors there's in some there tens, yeah uh-huh. um and i mean with with seven not six 
half-hour episodes or sub-half-hour episodes. There's only so much you can yeah. do to give a character the justice they deserve. Like, I, you know, I feel like one of the things we kept saying is, like, I wish we had a little more time with that. So, like, I would only want to see him have powers if they had time to yeah. investigate what that means for him. I get that. And it doesn't seem like there's real estate. But well, hopefully they greenlight more seasons. Yeah. Let's go, Netflix. We're waiting. <laughs> All right. Yeah, not enough content, Netflix. Come on. Time to say goodbye, goodbye. sadly. I got a screening to catch. Oh, that's right. Um, well, we'll be back yeah. next week with a whole other episode of The Witching Hour. I hope you guys all enjoyed wherever wherever you are. If you're on uh you're on the podcast network, please, you know, give us those five stars. Rate, love rate five stuff. Stars. Leave some nice comments <laughs> if you're on the YouTube channel and tell all of your horror loving friends about the witching hour. Haley, where can everyone find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Haley Fouch. You can find me on Letterboxd at Haley Fouch, which was a curveball Donato threw in last what? week. Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at Haystack McGroovy. All right. Maybe I'll letterbox. Yeah, we'll not? see. But for now, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PNemeroff. That is it. You have officially survived the witching hour. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.